How's it going, Jets fans? My name is Alex and my co-host here, Ryan Moran. And today we're going to discuss Dwayne Brown and what he would be bringing to this New York Jets team if they do end up signing him. It seems like they are trending in that direction after Mekhi Becton's injury and, you know, forcing him out for the rest of the season. Now they have to look ahead and say, you know, who's playing left tackle or right tackle for us? What do we do with George Fant? Does he stay at left tackle? Does he go to the right side? We're going to discuss this. Um, what Brown would be bringing to this team, take a look at some of his film, what he would look like uh, playing left tackle for this Jets squad, which seems to be the most uh, useful way you can probably incorporate it into the system. But we also have some takeaways from today's training camp and practice Ryan wants to break down. So we're going to jump right into that, Ryan. But before we do, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great, Alex. Definitely a lot going on, obviously. Now the biggest looming question and concern with the New York Jets is at right tackle, replacing Kai Beckton, of course. And you know, really tough blow. Feel bad for Makai. Seemed like things were really starting to go well for him. And, you know, he was uh, getting acclimated to play in that new position and ready to make an impact for the Jets this year. So it's a tough blow and feel for him. You know, obviously now for this team, it's a major concern. And obviously Dwayne Brown is the guy we're going to discuss today and a guy that the Jets and Brown reportedly have mutual interests. So let, let's hope for the best, obviously, with this. You know, Salah said after practice today, it's really currently an open competition between Chuma Doga, Max Mitchell, uh, Connor McDermott, who's currently hurt himself right now. So nothing really too great. Obviously, I, I think we're all you know excited about Max Mitchell's long-term potential in his future. But ideally, I mean, you want him to be able to come in as a first-year player, develop, you know, really gain the experience needed and get his play strength where it needs to be, you know, before you really put him out there. So Dwayne Brown obviously is logical in that sense, you know, and he's played with George Fan in the past. He's been with Bull Sala and offensive line coach John Benton in the past. So there are some, you know, relationships already in place and, you know, definitely uh, some good things to discuss with him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Brown is a pretty solid player. I mean, look, he's going to bring you veteran leadership. He's going to bring you experience. He's going to do a lot of things for this team that otherwise they don't have a Chuma Doga, Max Mitchell, or Connor McDermott, or any myriad of backup you could you could uh, muster to play the tackle position. I mean, Adoga was getting absolutely eaten alive yesterday. I, for one, do not trust that man to be our starter. Um, and I do not trust Max Mitchell as a rookie to be the starter. He is also a little bit undersized. So, you know, just right off the bat, he needs to gain a little bit of weight and get, get a little bit more strength to his game uh, before I can trust him to be that swing guy. But Dwayne Brown's established, man. He's been in the NFL for what? It seems like, I mean, let's see. 2008. Right. So how many years is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, probably. seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. 15 years, right? 15 years. I mean, that is a long time. 14, 15, right? I don't even know, man. He's been played 14 years. going into 15. Yeah, yeah. The dude, the dude saw prehistoric dinosaurs. He's been in the year for so for so he's been in the league for so long. I mean, the guy started with the Houston Texans as a first round pick in 2008, uh, coming out of Virginia Tech. Um, six foot four, 315 pounds. He's about 37 years old, so he's a little bit older. But he played over almost a thousand snaps last year, right? I mean, he's played a thousand snaps one, two, three, four, five, six times in his career. Um, and last season with Seattle was good. He wasn't great. He probably was, he's still an above average, uh, tackle based on the grades. Um, he gave up eight sacks and 30 and 33 pressures overall. Eight sacks is the highest since his rookie season back in 2008, obviously. Um, so that's probably a little indication. Maybe he's, he's regressing a little bit, but 2020, he was fantastic. Great pass walker, great run blocker, only give up two sacks and 1,048 snaps at left tackle. He has no experience at any other position, but left tackle. So that's kind of like the question is like, you know, when with Fant, he was much better at LT than he was on the right side. So how do you think the Jets would go about this? We'll jump into, into Dwayne's film 
uh, really soon. But I do want to have the discussion of, do you just move Fant to the right side and just, you know, hopefully he, he kind of like latches on and ends up being as good as he was last year. But we know he's better on the left side. So this is definitely an interesting conversation to have. For sure. And I, I think the best route really for the Jets to take is to keep Fant where he's most comfortable at left tackle. Keep the continuity, I think, is such a big thing. And you want that in place for all these guys. I mean, the other outside-the-box option that's even been discussed is putting AVT at right tackle because the Jets have Nate Herbig, who's a good interior player, can play at right guard and put AVT at right tackle. But once again, and while I think that would be the best five currently for the Jets, I think continuity and just being comfortable with position is a really underrated element and sometimes even more important than just having the best five out there. So to me, I think you keep fan at left tackle where he's at. You know, if you add Brown, put him at right tackle, I think is – you know, really the best way for the Jets to go about this for the synergy of the entire group. I, I think that's a position where, you know, guys got to be comfortable with where they're at. And sure, it, it wouldn't be ideal for Brown because he's played left tackle his whole career. But I think you got to really keep in mind the, the rest of the guys of the group. And to me, that's why it would be most logical to really just keep fan at left tackle. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. So, you know, let's take a look at some of his film here. We'll give you an idea of what his strengths are, um, what he can offer this team. And, um, you know, just uh, can he smooth over that tackle spot? Because ultimately, I think that, I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I think he probably would have been a bit better than Mekhi Becton right off the bat because Mekhi Becton hasn't played in a year. He's coming off the injury. It would taken it would have taken him a couple of weeks at least to get his, his feet under him, um, in my opinion. So I think Brown, Brown would immediately probably would have been better anyway. The question is, now you got to sign him to a contract, probably a one-year deal, in, I don't know, the $8 million range, if I had to guess. I'm not totally sure, maybe more than that. Um, you know, but we'll discuss that. But let's take a look at some of his clips here. All right. So right off the bat, this is back when he was with Houston. Physical guy, obviously. He can get he's athletic enough. As age has kind of gotten on, he's gotten a little bit slower. But, you know, that's not the end of the world. Look, here he's pulling out on this outside zone run, moving this guy upfield. I mean, nobody is getting is getting out in front of this guy. Very nice. Tons of power, of course. He's got that size. Oh, yeah. He's like, well. a, he's like an 18 wheeler, man. Big boy. <laughs> Let's see here. So one thing that I really like about Dwayne Brown, you're going to see pretty routinely throughout the rest of these clips is that he has phenomenal feet. His feet are very reactive. They mirror exactly what opposing pass rushers are trying to do. Um, his hands also very good timing latching on. Um, sometimes he can get beaten by faster guys because, you know, he is a heavier set tackle, but if he's going up against powerful, uh, edge rushers who really like to use their bull rush, he can stand up and he can, he can take on that type of hit, um, without budging. But I think his feet are really what's most impressive about him. You'll see it like how reactive his feet are. He's very smart. High IQ here. He's on an Island. You can see, look at his feet. Look how, I mean, they're just so quick and agile. You don't see tackles with this type of feet all the time. You can see how easy he resets and gets into his blocking into his stance. I mean, look at look at how he uses those feet for leverage. I mean, you know, just just a little bit right here. Look, watch how he uses that left leg to kind of anchor down and give him that balance that he needs to, you know, fend off that that pass rusher is legitimately going nowhere. He's being he's being stonewalled. Um all because of how good he has his feet are and the sequence between his feet and hands are extremely extremely uh efficient. I mean, here you can see it too. He uses those feet so efficiently. I think some of his patience, his instincts, his awareness are some of the things that really jump out. You know, really, Devon Kennard, a couple of these reps here, I mean, he kind of lets him do what he wants. He's patient with him. And then when he needs to, he hunkers down and really holds his ground, gets mm -hmm. the wet mark, has the play strength required. 
you know, places his hands pretty well and really can sustain the block. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of these guys you're seeing are trying to bull rush him. They're trying to go through his chest and you just can't do that. And watch here. This is what I like. So if you see this rep right here, you can see the pass rusher tries to, to swipe his hands away. But I kind of like, but you can see how he only sticks out one hand, right? He, he kind of just gives him a little jab. He doesn't go all in. He's not too aggressive. He's very patient, waiting for the pass rusher to get to him. He just sticks out a left hand, bam, gets swiped away. He resets those hands, and then bam, he engages. Like, very good, very good way to see guys that are trying to beat him on the edge, trying to use those hand swipes. He just kind of throws out a fake. He just kind of throws out that little jab that he's not going to like be leaning forward. He's not going to get beat being too aggressive. He just gives him a little jab, hand swipe, reset, engage. Like really nice job here. Um, you know, everything you're seeing from him on these snaps specifically, of course he will lose snaps like every tackle in the league uh, for a myriad of different reasons, but his feet and hands are pretty solid. That fundamental technique does not dissipate. That doesn't go away. Um, I think his feet, he's not making big chops. He doesn't show, he's never been like a uber athletic tackle. He has good feet placement, good hands. Um, and I will say, I think that for the most part, he's going to be a fundamentalist for the Jets if he plays left tackle. And that's really all you need to see right now. 100%. And obviously you touched up on his age earlier. I think it's worth noting for the viewers that most of these clips are from the 2020 season. So this is very recent despite his older age. You know, tackles traditionally have shown the Andrew Whitworth, the Jason Peters of the world, that you can go close to 40 years old and play at a high level. So I still think you can expect maybe not his Pro Bowl, you know, all pro potential that he's played, you know, added on the past. But I still think you can really expect Brown to come in and give the Jets just a solid serviceable right tackle. Yeah, you can see what he did against Chase Young here. I mean, look how reactive he is. What I really like about Dwayne Brown so far is that he know he's such he's so much experience. He's seen every move in the book. The guy has seen anything that you can throw at him. He has seen it already. Chase Young. He tries to beat him on the speed around the edge and just kind of use his hands to gain leverage. And the second, the very second that he realizes, that Dwayne Brown realizes he's going to try and beat him around the edge, immediately engages. Immediately engages because he knows Chase Young is going to have to get his hands out. He's going to have to swipe. He's going to have to do something to rip uh, those hands away. And the second he does that, bam, engages, and he locks him down. Really nice job here, just getting leverage. And, and this is what you want to see from Dwayne Brown. If you're a Jets fan... You know, we, you, you go out and get Morgan Moses last year, ends up playing a pretty big part in this team, kind of regret not signing him again. But, like, this is your Morgan Moses of this year. Dwayne Brown is your Morgan Moses this year. And, like, you need him right now. You have to sign him. The Jets do not have anybody else. They need him because, okay, this is the thing. The Jets need Dwayne Brown not because they need to replace Mekhi Becton, but because they need to, pro, to, to help Zach Wilson's development. Right. This is all about Zach Wilson. This is nothing to do with the running game. This is nothing to do with success right now. It has everything to do with allowing Zach Wilson to develop into the quarterback he needs to be for year three. I've been saying this for like the, since we started this podcast. I think that this year is the is the middle of the rebuild. Year three is where you see the Jets make that jump to a postseason playoff team. That is where you see the Jets make the jump. Right now, it's all about Zach Wilson's development. Dwayne Brown needs to be signed because of that. He needs to be signed because they need Zach Wilson to learn how to be a pocket passer. They need Zach Wilson to be able to learn how to throw from a strong base, use that fundamentals, use that arm, use those arm angles, feel comfortable behind his offensive line. Because if you can build confidence in Zach Wilson's brain, he is going to be unstoppable. We've seen what he can do. The guy is insane when he's when he's able to be confident. But when he's running for his life every play, and he will be running for his life if you have Chuma Doga or Max Mitchell or Connor McDermott playing tackle, he will get sacked a lot. The Jets cannot afford to stunt his growth like that. Um, watching Daniel Jones, go watch Daniel Jones. You see how bad he looks? It's because the Giants offensive line is ranked 
30, 30th to 32nd in the NFL the last three years consecutively in pass blocking. So you want to see what bad blocking does to a quarterback, a young quarterback who is not established yet? Go look at Daniel Jones. The guy's been absolutely crushed and destroyed because of that. Zach Wilson needs Dwayne Brown right now because he needs to take that big developmental step forward. That's my biggest reasoning for him. Um, I don't know. Do you agree with that sentiment? Because I, think, I feel like it makes pretty good sense. Uh, 100%. It makes absolute sense. And it, this thing is all about Zach Wilson. Sure, the Jets are going to miss Becton in the running game. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the, the drop off will probably be, you know, somewhat noteworthy. But at the end of the day, it's still about getting Zach to show the promise that we want to see in his second year. You add a guy with as much experience. He's got over 200 uh, games played in the league. You know, we, we've seen what he can do as a pass blocker in some of these clips. You're in a division. You're going up against a speed rusher like Von Miller twice a year, Matt Judon. You know, this division's got him. And you, you got to have a guy, like you said, that Morgan Moses, who was so valuable for the Jets last year. I think Dwayne Brown has got to be signed by the Jets. I don't know what the financial implications are, where the Jets stand what Brown's demands are, but I think it's really imperative for the Jets to ultimately find a way to get this done. The Jets are playing a preseason game Friday night. We don't know who the right tackle is going to be. They're still going to put Zach Wilson and these guys out there. So to me, the sooner the better, obviously, in this situation. Obviously, I agree. I think they need to go and sign him. Obviously, he has a leverage right now, so I'm sure he wants a little bit of cash. Um, the Jets are going to have to find a way to cough it up. You know, they're going to have to find a way to clear a little bit of salary space. And maybe you maybe you swing, you sign Dwayne Brown to a two-year deal, and then you make him your left tackle next year. And then, you know, George Fant walks into the sunset. He's gone. Um, and then maybe Mekhi Becton comes back. Can you trust him? Absolutely not. The Jets probably go out and draft a tackle. Um, maybe they sign a big one in free agency. You know, there's definitely a couple things they can do. But I think locking down a guy like, um, you know, Dwayne Brown for two years, and maybe on a two-year I don't know, two year, $16 million deal. And then you can cut him after this season without, without much cap implications. Maybe that's something they would consider because then you have a guy that you know is good. You know, can hold it down um, that can play a good role. Even if it ends up being up as a backup tackle next year, you have Zach Wilson's back. You have the rookie window. This is the time to make those type of moves and, and, and protect him and protect his security and development. So you know, maybe that's something they consider doing. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. But guys, I'd love to hear your thoughts and perspectives on Dwayne Brown. How do you, how much do you think they should need to sign him? Why do you think they need to sign him? Uh, obviously, he's got some good qualities and a lot of experience to boot. Uh, so I think this is, would be a pretty efficient one for the Jets. But guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to like and subscribe as always to Fireside Jets on the YouTube channel, Spotify, and Apple. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode. <laughs>